Michigan spring football is underway. Also, Michigan trying to win their way into the NCAA tournament. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com, another one of our Michigan insiders, is standing by in the Meyer guest line. How you doing, Clayton? I am doing great. Uh, you know, I, I shared your tweet, uh, and I also talked about it about an hour ago where you said there's never been a what, – what was the number you said on your tweet? Since they expanded the 20 conference games in the Big Ten. Yep. Uh, there hasn't there been, go. what, below 9 and 11, somebody who hasn't gotten in? Yeah, anyone who's hit the 9 win mark has gotten in. Uh, it's only been a few years of that. There was a canceled tournament in there, but uh, it's just kind of interesting to look back there. And then there's only been 10 teams since 2002 in the Big Ten that have had winning Big Ten records and not gotten in. And one of those was actually Michigan when they weren't allowed to make the postseason. So really nine examples there. So it's pretty rare. And Michigan's uh, 11 and 7 right now and actually has a chance of winning – a share of the Big Ten heading into the final week of the regular season, which is insane to say after uh, what we were talking about a month ago with this team. Yeah, we were saying with Purdue, uh, if they lost their last two in Michigan, one at Illinois, at Indiana, uh, tied for Big Ten regular season champion. How out of nowhere would that be? And the one thing, I think what you were saying in that tweet from the Wolverine.com, Clayton, what I've been preaching this last two weeks, three week run here on what they needed to do that how, how the Michigan big 10 wins and play has been discounted. And you're talking about all these mid-major schools because of quad this quad that I still believe with the selection committee that the body of work inside a deep conference will carry more weight than quad wins. That's my opinion. Yeah, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. I wonder if people, including us, or I guess including me, uh, are underestimating Michigan's chances to make the postseason. I mean, you know, these bracketologists, they're typically pretty accurate, but uh, at the same time, I mean, you, you're right. I mean, they only have three quad one wins, but they've taken care of business in other games that are just outside of the quad one. So it's kind of interesting how you get almost penalized for, let's say you beat the number 31 team on the net at home. You know, that doesn't carry nearly as much weight as beating the number 30 team, even though it's essentially the same win. Uh, so it's a little bit weird there, and I hope the, the committee, you know, digs deeper into that, not just for Michigan, but for every team, and I, I assume that they will. But, I mean, when you do this well in Big Ten play, and again, they have a week here left and a couple tough games, so, uh, but either way, they're, they're finishing here over 500. It's been really impressive. Uh, when you look back at this season, though, it's going 6-5 and five in non-conference play. Tough schedule. Um, you know, they, they, I think they had the 30th toughest non-conference schedule in the country, but uh, that loss to Central Michigan continues to loom large. If you look at a lot of these bubble teams, that is the worst loss probably in the country among bubble teams. There's only a handful that have a quad four loss. Michigan's one of them, and it's a team that is ranked lower than any of those others. So that is going to – it continues to hurt them, and it's weird how a bounce of the ball on December 29th, uh, and I'm not excusing this loss at all. It was a terrible loss, but a bounce of the ball on December 29th, is haunting a team that's playing really good basketball here heading heading into March. You know, I get the body of work. I, I understand the bad CMU loss, but I also listen to committees after the fact. And it's football playoff committees, and it's NCAA tournament selection committees where how you're playing at the end, uh, how you played in your conference does come into play. And the one theme I've told the audience today two or three times, Clayton, that if we went neutral site, which we'll get in Chicago at the Big Ten Men's Tournament, and you tell me who's playing the best basketball right now 
in the Big Ten right now. Not not quad one versus quad nineteen wins. Not not how many projected all Big Ten or all Americans they have. Who is playing the best basketball in the Big Ten? That's almost impossible to say right now. Yeah, and I actually tweeted this last night too. If you look at the Big Ten records in February, Michigan's the only team that had six wins. Now some teams played a different number of games, but Nebraska is actually up there at five and one in February. So you don't, mm. I mean, they're going to be a team that, uh, you know, you don't necessarily want to play them. I know Michigan state's got to go there in a, in a couple of days or maybe tomorrow, tomorrow night. Or they go there tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. So, you know, and, and they come out, they show out there too in Lincoln. I mean, you know, no offense to them out there. There's not as much to do. So, I mean, you see the, they packed that place, even when they were well under 500. Now they're actually over 500 for the season, but, Nebraska's playing well. I think you'd pinpoint Indiana as a team that's playing like a top 10 team. And I know Michigan State just picked up a big win over them by 15 points last week. So that speaks a lot to, to Michigan State, the fact that they're able to come off of everything and, and win that. But, um, yeah, Maryland plays well at home. But what are they on a neutral floor? What are they on the road? We know what they are on the road. Not not as good, uh, significantly worse. So, yeah, the Big Ten tournament I think is going to be absolute chaos. I mean, any team could go in there and win it. You'd still probably put your money on Purdue, but at the same time, Purdue has shown a ton of warts here lately. I think they've lost, what, four out of five or something like that. So, um, you know, it's just it's coming down to the end here, and there are a number of teams in contention now. Uh, I don't expect Purdue to lose their last two, but a number of teams that are not only in contention for the conference title uh, regular season, but also could earn that double bye, which is going to be huge because there are so many teams out there that you kind of say, you know, you don't want to play. There may be – you know, Minnesota is the one that you would want to see, and I don't expect them to get out of Wednesday in the Big Ten tournament. But even Ohio State showed they could beat Illinois. So everybody's not dangerous, but formidable. And uh, it's going to be exciting, I think. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us, talking Michigan basketball to start our conversation. Another thing I dropped in my opening huge opinion today, Clayton, that the power of Michigan for a TV draw will come into play because – the NCAA cut a deal with CBS and their family and networks uh, for big TV ratings, and they make their money selling those TV ratings. And when I just look at, like, Jerry Palm's last four in right now, Mississippi State, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, no major TV market for any of those schools. First four out, Michigan's at the top, followed by Penn State, North Carolina, Arizona State, naturally North Carolina, and Michigan are draws. I think those will come into play. And I agree with you what you said when we began talking, that we're underestimating what Michigan has done here to close and their body of work in the Big Ten. If we're going to talk about the possibility of eight or nine teams and Michigan still has a chance to win the conference on the final weekend, and you're going to tell me that they're still one of the teams left out? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Now, if they were to lose, let's say they lose these two this week, and they're going to be they're in trouble. Them. They're in trouble then. Then you you got to win at least one, I think, in the Big Ten tournament. But these are prime opportunities. I think if here's kind of the way I see it. I, I think you go at Illinois on Thursday, at Indiana on Trace Jackson Davis's senior day on Sunday, which is going to be tough. But if you steal one of those two then I think your your chances move well over 50%. You win one game in the Big Ten tournament, and then from there on out, I think you're playing for seeding. If you lose both of these two, uh, you may have to win a couple in the Big Ten tournament. And as we just talked about it, that's not going to be easy to do because there are plenty of teams that are going to go into that event thinking that they're going to make some noise and, and be the team that comes out on the other end of it heading into the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, 
really you look at this, they got the win they needed on Sunday, which was just in incredible fashion. I mean, one of the crazier games I've seen at Chrysler Center in front of an absolutely raucous crowd. Uh, and then you go into these last two, and if you can get one out of two, then you are in a, a really, really similar situation to last season when they needed to go at Ohio State on the regular season's final day without Hunter Dickinson, who was sick, and they win that game and got in uh, and didn't even need to go to Dayton. So it feels really similar. Uh, I would not favor. I, I don't think Michigan's going to win either of these two games individually, but odds are, uh, I think one of them is going to be close, and they've been a little bit better in close games lately. So uh, I guess we'll have to see. Illinois is a little bit more ripe, I think, to to pick off than uh, than Indiana is. So that is maybe the one you're kind of circling. But either way, uh, you're going to have a chance. And Michigan showed last week at Rutgers that they can play a little bit better on the road than what we saw earlier in the year. His name, Clayton Safey. Where he works, the Wolverine.com, Michigan Insider, talk of Michigan Hoops. Let me get your thoughts on Jim DTE clearing the roads, Harbaugh, and Michigan spring football. Uh, what's the vibe out of Schembechler Hall? What are you hearing? Yeah, things are pretty quiet. Uh, this week they're on spring break, but they started off with three practices last week. They'll pick back up next week. Uh, but yeah, Jim Harbaugh talked at length uh, last Thursday afternoon in the middle of the ice storm, and uh, a lot of good stuff coming out of there from you know what he was saying. Uh, you know, there are tons of tidbits uh, about JJ McCarthy. He thinks he could take the next step, and that's kind of one of the things they're looking at this spring. Is you know how can we get the pass game going a little bit more. Uh, so I, th- I find that pretty interesting to see. Uh, you know, he, he really likes this defense and the defensive line specifically. Chris Jenkins at the defensive tackle spot is going to take a big jump. And Jim Harbaugh said he might just be their best defensive player after he was kind of playing a, a secondary role a little bit on the interior to Mozzie Smith last year. So that's going to be, um, you know, something to watch for them is who emerges as some of those leaders as well. But uh, it seems like they're off to a, a pretty good start. You don't have Blake Corum in there. Uh, but apparently he has been that leader that you would expect him to be uh, at every practice, getting his treatment, and should be good to go by June as well, uh, Harbaugh revealed. So um, they're rolling, and uh, it's only a matter of time until we're back in that big house April 1 for the spring game. Amazing. And Harbaugh did mention, if I'm not wrong, that he thought uh, J.J. McCarthy learned a lot from the TCU game. I, yeah. I, 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 I missed Harbaugh. Uh, did him and his coaches learn a lot about not running bubble screens on the goal line or maybe running J.J. McCarthy more in the first half of big games or win or go home games? Did I, did I miss those comments? I was afraid to even bring up J.J.'s name because I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> he did not say that. Um, he didn't, but you would have to imagine. And, and Harbaugh after that game, too, especially with the, the Philly special, you know, he put it on himself and he said he, mm. wouldn't, he wouldn't have called it, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I think they're going to they're gonna look at not unleashing him because I think, you know, he's already a, a really good player and he's proven that, but finding different ways to, to make the offense successful, put it on his shoulders. And um, I think one of those ways, as we've talked about in the past, is to run him a little bit more, get a little more creative there. I think they can air it out more. So when you do get stopped in the run game or a running back goes down like they can, you have a little bit more to lean on. So. Um, you know, I think in that, maybe that's a silver lining this spring of, of Blake Corum being out is that it's kind of J.J. McCarthy's show and you're going to build the offense around him and then Blake comes back in the summer and he's good to go. So I don't know exactly how that'll work, but, um, you know, I, I do think that it's, it's interesting to hear, you know, him talk about it. It's not surprising, but 
just that that they're really looking at all right, what did he do in the Ohio State game, TCU game, Purdue game at the end of the year without Blake Corum, and how can we kind of build on that? Clayton Safey builds on every article he writes every day at the Wolverine.com. Pride and joy of the Safey family who listen every day on our flagship station, 96-1 the game out of Grand Rapids. Clayton, appreciate the updates on Michigan basketball and spring football, the spring break. Can't wait for the spring game, April 1. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Have a great week.